welcome to another episode of Sleep and Relax ASMR. This episode, we continue our 50 states ramble. Uh, the state that I'm on now is uh, Colorado. That's the one that you're listening to right now. Now, if this is your first time joining along for the 50 states ramble, no, you definitely don't have to listen to them in alphabetical um, order. Basically, I'm just trying to come up with some episode revolving around all 50 states in alphabetical order. And like I said, today we are discussing Colorado. So, again, should be relatively incoherent by my part. And, uh, yeah, hopefully puts you right to bed. Sleep, distracted, you know, whatever it is you need it to uh, do for you. So, well, <clears throat> typically, typically, the way I like to start off the ramble is by um, kind of just thinking about the state, you know, and thinking what's the first thing that comes to my mind. You know, I'm a big sports fan, so um, oddly, I guess, the University of Colorado Buffalo's football team is what came to mind. I don't know why I didn't think about the Denver Broncos. I didn't think about the Nuggets. Um, you know, you would think that between, you know, the NFL and the NBA franchises that that would be maybe the first place my brain would go but no it went to Colorado Buffalo's football so kind of I just typed in Colorado Buffalo's and uh, I stumbled across this article by Sam Metivier from September of 2022 titled a statistical look at how bad it is for the Colorado Buffaloes. And then the subtitle is, Colorado might be the worst team in college football. Anyway, I'm fully aware that now, at least as of the time of this recording, Deion Sanders has taken over as the uh, head coach for that program. But the title was, you know, so interesting to me because it's like, well, I'm not a follower of... Um, are they the Pac-12? What are they? Big West? This Colorado Pac-12 team might be. I don't know. I think it is. Is it Pac-12? I don't know. Big Big Mountain? Is that what the Big West? West Horizon? What's Whatever. Anyway, I thought it was curious because, for me personally, I've never associated the Colorado Buffaloes, you know, program really in any sport, but in particular for, you know, it's a football program, I've kind of always been under the impression that they've been abysmal. So I'm like curious, you know, based on the numbers, how bad um, was the program in 2022? So I figured I'd just read a little bit of the article, kind of just to start off. Quote, folks, the buffs are bad, really bad. 
like maybe the worst team in college football then. If you watch the Colorado Buffaloes in either of their three non-conference games, you should consider doing more fall activities like pumpkin patching or not watching CU play football. If you didn't watch, I will first present some stats to demonstrate how bad this team is. The Buffs have been outscored 128 to 30. It is the first time in the 132 years of Colorado football that they have opened the season with three straight 25 plus point losses. In these blowout losses, the, bluff, the Buffs have been outgained 1,346 to 736. It would probably look worse without a punt return TD by TCU, three fumbles by Air Force, who, by the way, scored 14 points on a not good Wyoming team, and Minnesota putting on the second and third stringers. The Buffs have allowed 348 rushing yards per game, dead last in the country, and 99 yards more than second worst Louisiana Tech. To put it differently, CU opponents have rushed 152 times for 1,044 yards, which is nearly 7 yards per carry, and 13 touchdowns. That's a more efficient version of Chris Brown's sophomore year. 190 attempts, 946 yards, which is 5 yards per carry, and 16 touchdowns. And there's a good chance we will be up to Brown's junior stats in a couple of weeks. The CU pass defense has looked all right. But, what's most, but that's mostly because, one, TCU's starting quarterback got injured and is back up through three passes in the second half. Two, Air Force doesn't throw. And three, Minnesota only attempted six passes before the two-minute drill. Then in the second half, we're more interested in going home than putting up yards through the air. If you think this defense is bad, well, it is. Now let's do some offensive stats and work our way towards the abyss. As I take a sip of some coffee. Colorado quarterbacks J.T. Shrout and Brandon Lewis have completed 47% of their passes for 324 yards for two touchdowns and an interception plus two fumbled snaps. They are averaging 4.1 yards per attempt, which is in the very bottom of the national leaderboard, leaderboards alongside Joey Yellen of Hawaii and Diego Pavia of New Mexico State. Their sub-90 QB ratings are worse than Nick Hirschman's when he threw two TDs and seven picks for the 2012 Buffs. Then they kind of get in like the quarterback play a little bit in terms of how they looked, which to me, since I didn't get to see them, is not that interesting. But I do like the sort of like, you know, like the raw numbers behind just how bad the program was. Again, again, I have not seen a snap of Colorado Buffalo football. I'm not going to say ever because that's probably not true, but it's, you know, I, I don't remember ever watching a single snap of football. Again, I've kind of known the program to be pretty much awful, um, but I didn't know it was this bad. And again, I'm recording now, and um, at least now when I'm recording, because 
this is one of the rare episodes that I'm recording at least a couple months in advance in anticipation for a little uh, break from recording, which I do every now and then. We have not quite yet gotten to college football season. I continue the article. Again, I find this really fascinating, to be honest. Let's take a peek at those 2012 buffs who are widely considered the worst CU team in the last 60 years, if not ever. Their first three games of the year were a close loss to a garbage Colorado State team, a last-second field goal to FCS Sacramento State, the 2022 Rams are also a dumpster fire, and play the Hornets on Saturday. And then a not-nice 69-14 loss to a Fresno State team starring Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. No shame in losing to that combo. Those balls were outscored by 62 points and outgained by 560 yards. These 2022 buffs have been outscored by 98 points and outgained by 610 yards. If you remember the 2012 team, you could offer optimism that their fourth game of the season was a road win against Washington State thanks to a game-winning touchdown run by Jordan Webb. But after that, the wheels fell off completely and they were outscored 397 to 120 in their final eight games. The team MVP was defensive end Will Pericak. The offense MVP was fullback turned halfback Christian Powell. And the shining bright spot was Nelson Spruce emerging as a true freshman. The best thing about 2012 was that they were so bad that athletic director Mike Bond had no choice but to fire John Embry. This time around, there doesn't seem to be an easy way out. Per reports by Brian Howell, the buyout of Carl Durrell is around $8.7 million, since his five-year deal is all but guaranteed through the 2024 season. That's a lot for a program that could barely afford to fire Mike McIntyre. Had to cheap out on assistant coaches, and is now losing players partly due to NIL concerns. So obviously, Colorado was able to make it work because Durrell is not there. Durrell's contract is a nightmare for the school, thanks to AD Rick George feeling hurt by Mel Tucker leaving for Michigan State. Jack Karloff of Buffalo Wire tweeted that George prioritized language that would penalize Durrell for leaving for another program rather than negotiate a more program-friendly buyout clause. It's also worth reiterating that, more or less, George raised a bunch of money to watch Tucker's Michigan State offer, to match Tucker's Michigan State offer, then offered close to the same money for Durrell, who had virtually zero interest as head coach. George released a statement on Monday expressing disappointment in the football team's performance while also urging fans to be patient with Durrell. Obviously, now, you know, being in the future reading this, the program was anything but patient and again went with Deion Sanders, which I don't know. I mean, again, I, I haven't quite followed up with, you know, what, what's been going on there, but it seems to me like Deion Sanders has had his own sort of controversy, you know, players leaving and 
I don't know. I think in general, it seemed like Deion Sanders did a good job at, uh, I guess it was Jacksonville State. Um, if anything, he was able to attract some pretty big talent. So I think at the very least, from a recruiting standpoint, he should do pretty well. Anyway, to go ahead and close this article, Colorado cannot afford to fire Durrell, and they can't afford to not fire him, and they should probably question the athletic director making these deals. And again, obviously, they went ahead and um, were able to fire him some way. So, after reading this article, I was a bit curious to know, like, why is Colorado University's, um, why is CU so bad at football? And I quite literally just went to Reddit, and I kind of was searching for answers. So there were a couple of answers here from, I mean, years ago, but, you know, just for my own insight, and I guess for yours. So one Redditor posted, I went to CU. And can tell you that our facilities are at least 20 years behind the other Big 12 and Pac-12 facilities. We have no legitimate practice facility, no player dorms, and no true football operations center. Someone replied, exactly my feelings. They refused to invest in facilities, and the program were left behind. Someone else replied, I went to a Missouri CU game with my dad in 2008 or 9, can't remember which. The practice field is a giant tent. There's no real parking or tailgating senior stadium. The gates are a dude and a windbreaker at a chain link fence. The inside of the stadium is also the track field house. It's a gorgeous setting, but the stadium is tiny and the facilities are completely unimpressive. Someone replied to that saying, I agree with this. As a Nebraska fan, I know they don't spend money like most Big 12 programs. There we go. Now they Are they still Big 12? Are they now packed? I don't know. There's been so much like realignment that I don't, I don't really know what, what conference we're in for football. Even Iowa State and Kansas cared more about football and CU. I found it odd since football was their most successful sport from what I remember. Several factors led to CU's current troubles. A refusal to invest in facilities was among them, but not the overarching problem. CU was done in by the 2004 recruiting scandal, which was basically like an unofficial death penalty, and then a stream of porous coach hires. That was very interesting, sort of looking at that. Um, I acquired, a, I compiled a couple other things here. Um, let me just kind of skim through it. Otherwise, I might just move on to whatever else I prepared for this. 
little ramble here. I could bother a lot. I was like very curious about this, so and it's funny, you know, because very frequently like I'll do the preparation for an episode. Which is never it's usually never like a full script. You know, just kind of like talking points and then I kind of just float in and out of, you know, the talking points as as I kind of see fit. But <laughs> clearly on this particular day when I was thinking about Colorado, like the Colorado University football program really just dominated my <laughs> my thinking. And I guess part of the thing for me is Colorado, regardless of whether they're Pac-12 or Big 12 or Big 10 or, you know, whatever, Pacific Horizon, whatever, who, who cares? You would just think that given their, given their conference, given their location, you would think that they could attract some talent, you know, and obviously the facilities play a big role, but, you know, it's not to throw shade on you know, Iowa State or, um, you know, Louisiana Tech or something. But the fact that, like, some of these programs that have very little to offer in terms of living, you know, and I get it. They make up for it with better coaching staff, maybe uh, more connections to the NFL, maybe, you know, uh, potentially more lucrative uh, NIL deals at this point better facilities, better dorms, you know, kind of all these different things. So I can acknowledge that, you know, like Wisconsin is obviously a legitimate player in the college football scene, even though they haven't won a national championship um, since who knows when. But still, you know, I think my general point is, and I could be wrong, right? I'm not, I'm not trying to throw the University of Wisconsin like under the bus and say that no one wants to live there or no one wants to go to school there. All I'm suggesting is I think about Colorado in general and let's say Wisconsin in general and I've seen pictures of the campus of CU and it looks really nice. Like they said, you know, the, the location of the stadium is really nice even though it's, it's really worn down. I guess it's just like how can't CU, with a little bit more investment, at least be a reasonably decent program? You know, I'm not, I'm obviously not suggesting that CU should be a powerhouse. You know, they're not going to be Alabama. They're not going to be Georgia. You know, they're not going to be, you know, any other, uh, you know, Big 12 or Pac-12 or ACC team or whatever that's throwing, you know, a ton of money. But I guess it's shocking to read just how bad they've been in recent history. Another answer, another kind of part of this discussion that I found on Reddit reads here. Part of CU now fitting in with the culture is the fact that the students oppose expanding the football program because it's a huge money sink and doesn't generate any success. I live here in Boulder as a student at CU. Having moved up here from Texas, where I was heavily involved in watching all the SEC games, and had a really great time 
getting into the college football atmosphere that we have down in the south. Up here, nothing. Colorado just doesn't have the sort of fervent support behind the team that southern teams have. Those southern families who believe the color of their favorite college football team. Instead, we have people who just go to games to tailgate outside in the parking lot, get effed up as young out-of-state undergraduate undergraduates, uh, or something to do with a family on a Saturday that's decently cheap for a Pac-12 game, and half the stadium will probably bail once we get three touchdowns down because they're too drunk, bored, and want to go hiking or swimming in a creek. Colorado plus football is just this weird combination that doesn't inspire anyone to have a great college football team. Okay, I guess so. You know, again, it's, um, you know, what can I say? You know, I kind of just felt like, and I guess that's it, you know, but I'm sure that there are other programs out there that don't necessarily have massive fan bases, but have, you know, adequate success. Could be wrong. Okay, I'm just looking. I went to Colorado for college. It was somewhat better off than it is now when I went to games. Colorado won the Big 12 North, but got blown out by Texas in 05. Colorado did upset number one Oklahoma at home, the game I was at. Basically, the recruiting coaching are to blame. Hawkinson was not good at QB. One day the program will come back. It's a ton. I'm like a little bit surprised because obviously when I also think about the state of Colorado, I think of, you know, some of that, some of the grass that seems to be very prominent out there. I've never been to Colorado, so I only know all the silly uh, stereotypes and things of that nature. Where Deion Sanders ranks among Pac-12 coaches. Coach Prime is surely bound to ascend up the Pac-12 coaching rankings. While the excitement surrounding Colorado is at an all-time high, there clearly still seem to be some doubts about Deion Sanders. Sanders still hasn't coached a game at Colorado, but he's already delivered on his promise to overhaul the roster and shine a spotlight on a program that no one was talking about. Some 47 new faces will be on the roster in 2023, and more additions are expected in the second transfer window in May. He flipped five-star corner Carmani McLean from Miami and had transfers from 11 different Power 5 programs. Sanders was 27-6 at Jackson State. Was it Jacksonville State or Jackson State? Going 23-3 the last two seasons. He hired a quality staff at CU, including poaching former Kent State head coach Sean Lewis as his OC and Alabama secondary coach Charles Kelly to lead the defense. Sanders faces a daunting rebuild with a Buffs program that went 1-11 last season, losing his last four games by an average of six touchdowns. So, I don't know. Again, football season has not started. 
I'm not exactly sure when I'm releasing this episode, but only time will tell. Anyway, let's briefly touch on some beautiful things to do in Colorado, because I, I dedicated way too much time to Colorado University football. So, briefly, I hit pause, and then I looked up things to do in Colorado, because I know Colorado is known for its amazing outdoor experiences. So, here's what sort of came up. Uh, Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs is a destination for the curious. Explore new terrains and take in the natural beauty. Inhale the mountain air and exhale your worries. There are more than 55 exciting things and to see and do in the Pikes Peak region, including thrilling whitewater rapids, awe-inspiring parks and trails, museums, attractions, and a mountain... It says here a mountain zoo. So is it a, a zoo on a mountain? Anyway, it says here top region experiences. Number one, soar above the Royal George. Strap in and soar across the Royal George on the country's highest zipline. No thanks, I am afraid of heights. I will not be doing that. Climb aboard a rolling restaurant. The Royal George Route Railroad is breathtaking and memorable train ride through the Colorado Rockies. Enjoy gorgeous scenery, great service, and a delicious food service. Food sourced locally and prepared fresh right on board the train for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Number three is to explore TripAdvisor's number one park. Explore towering red rock formations with numerous hiking trails and viewpoint pull-offs. Whether you're leisurely, leisure, leisurely strolling around the pristine paved walkways or climbing to the top of a rock, you'll be sure to see spectacular views, lush vegetation, and local wildlife. Number four, stand atop Pikes Peak, America's Mountain. Summit the 14,115 feet of the mountain that inspired Catherine Lee Bates to write America the Beautiful. Drive, hike, or bike your way up this beloved landmark and enjoy views usually reserved for the heavens. It's like really well written, you know, this little thing. Number five, tackle award-winning rapids of the Arkansas River. Get your adrenaline pumping with a thrilling ride down the white waters of the Arkansas River. Climb aboard a raft with one of our many professional rafting outfitters and choose your adventure from mild family floats to heart-pumping advanced adventure. And there are a bunch. I mean, again, I've never been to Colorado ever. Um, but just some like really interesting things here. I'll just briefly list off some that I found here. Western Museum of Mining and Industry. Visit the Western Museum of Mining and Industry for an in-depth look at Colorado's mining history. That's the kind of stuff that I find really fun, I have to say. I love, like, very local and sort of, like, regionally significant um, museums and things of that nature. Um, sometimes I prefer that over the you know, the huge museums that, you know, attract thousands of tourists and things. And those are great too, don't get me wrong, but there's something that I really love about like this museum is like about a specific part of our history or our culture. And you sort of get like, you know, an inside look 
that may be prior to booking your trip. Um, maybe you didn't know it even existed. You have the Pro Radio Hall of Fame and Museum of the American Cowboy. That looks cool. Trace the legacy of cowboys and rodeo champions throughout history of the Pro Radio Hall of Fame and Museum of the American Cowboy. You have, of course, the Rocky Mountain Motorcycle Museum. The Garden of the Gods. Explore and stand one of the most stunning geological wonders of the world, which is TripAdvisor's number one U.S. park, Garden of the Gods. Cheyenne Mountain State Park. Main Museum of Natural History. Like a lot of beautiful stuff here. But, anyway, I know that I, again, I dedicated like 27 minutes to bad college football. And like 2 or 3 minutes to the beauties of Colorado. So I apologize if you're a native Coloradian. Coloradian, is that what you call yourselves? That is the nature of some of my rambles. You know, I do research on a specific topic, and I did get laser-focused <laughs> about a college football program that has been very unsuccessful. But anyway, unfortunately, I do have to wrap this one up, if only because uh, the rest of the day awaits me. I hope that by this point, you're deep asleep. That would be absolutely ideal. If not, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can always email me at hello with sleep and relax ASMR.com. That's all for this episode. Thanks as always for listening and take care.